very expensive especially like i have seen a lot of stores shut down after covid hit because they had reduced uh, foot traffic so i think that was a really good decision made on in early stages of the process so amazing that was amazing Welcome back to another session of Seller Speak and I have one of the biggest I think entrepreneurs in terms of scaling their D2C brand worldwide it is Dr. Vedya and I have a very special speaker with us today her name is Trisha Vedya and she's going to be explaining how her journey went from an entrepreneur in India to let's say a global legend because this brand has scaled a lot and I think they were way ahead of its time when it came to scaling um their D2C brand worldwide so in this session you're going to understand how you can scale your business and like how you can make sure that you are efficient in doing so we're also going to talk about product mode and a lot of things so without further ado help me welcome trisha vetia hi trisha hi ria thank you so much a very kind introduction i'm i don't think i'm doing justice to um you know the brand that you have built online and kudos to arjun as well he was not uh he's not with us here today but he will be a part of the event which is coming soon so keep an eye out for that and trisha i mean dr vedya i have seen it since i was a child and that has been around for centuries if i'm not wrong so uh, do you want to introduce yourself and dr vedya Sure so firstly thank you for having me here uh super excited for this session so dr vedya has actually been in arjun's family for about 150 years um his grandfather great grandfather all ayurvedic doctors his grandfather dr natubai vedya was i think one of the most famous ayurvedic practitioners in india he would see about 300 to 400 patients a day um and because of the scale of it he actually set up a manufacturing facility of his own to cater to the demand um in regard for him and to remember him is where we actually came up with the name when we were thinking of what do we name this business and uh, named it dr vedyas so arjun and i started the journey arjun actually started it earlier in about 2016 um super i mean something i think in him always wanted to you know give back to his grandfather's legacy unfortunately he passed away in 2014 but something was always calling arjun back to you know do something with 100 plus formulations that has been in his family legacy uh you know coincidentally my own parents were cured because of asthma through arjun's granddad you know we found this out much later so he saw a lot of value and he you know as a child as he'd gone to uh you know the clinic all the time met a bunch of patients helped his grandfather trans- transcribe everything to digital also cured got cured of asthma as well so ayurveda was in his family right he knew that this is something that he had to focus on we both studied internationally and when arjun was in the us actually at that time it's when yoga was booming right you had brands like lulu lemon who had put yoga back on the map and though that was great he always felt that why is it that an indian isn't doing this you know why has the west popularized and globalized a phenomena like yoga and so he was very clear that that's not something he wanted to happen to ayurveda he was like it should be us indians who globalize ayurveda so yeah i mean i will talk about the journey through this session of course but uh, it was an amazing journey we built it from about 5 orders a day to about 5000 order orders a day uh, we're lucky to get an exit um, in march of this year amazing journey thank you amazing journey uh, lots of mistakes lots of things we did right uh, but yeah loved every second of it 
Amazing. And I mean, the, if you go to their website, it says that they have one point, uh, they have more than one million customers worldwide. And I think you expanded to Europe uh, first and then you do have a lot of European clients. So I think it's amazing for a plan. Go ahead. So in Europe, we actually used to sell uh, a little more white labeled. Our plan was to launch Dr. Vedias as well. But in Europe, uh, we did have a few contract manufacturing opportunities. Yes, so we had white labeled certain products. Amazing. I mean, I'm so excited for the session to begin and there's so much to learn. And I'm sure that the viewers who are watching right now are equally interested in uh, understanding what goes inside Dr. Vertia's and how did they scale the brand. So to begin with, I understand the product research part. Um, so as you said, the products were formulated, the recipe of the product were for, was formulated years ago. And then how did you make sure that the products are adaptive to the modern culture? And like, how did you go about the product research when you were entering the market? Sure. So when we decided to launch, we obviously had 100 plus formulas, but yeah, we didn't want to launch all at once, right? So we picked two products that we could relate to the most, uh, which we thought was a product differentiation in the market, right? And would actually stand out. The whole concept was that our grandparents, our parents maybe even know about Ayurveda. They know about Ayurvedic ingredients. They know the benefits about it. And our generation sadly doesn't have enough information or knowledge about it. But at the same time, our generation was moving towards uh, let's let's consume clean food. Let's know what's being produced. Let's move towards organic food. Right. So people started being a lot more aware of what they put in their body. So this was an opportunity as well. Um, So we launched Live It Up, which was a hangover pill. Now, interestingly, this product was been there in the family for a while as a liver something to help with fatty liver or liver diseases like liver cirrhosis and in his grandfather's journals it was already also mentioned how it also helps with hangovers so for the first six to eight months we actually tested it a lot right trust us on ourselves just on our friends family got feedback to make sure that okay this is an effective product what is you know uh and that's when we launched live it up right very cool, sexy looking packaging, very unlike Ayurveda, you know, when you think of white and green, to be honest. Um, so we launched that. And the other product which we launched was an existing product, but we kind of gave it an uplift and rebranding was Herbofit, which was Chavan Prash in a capsule form. Taking the bitter, sticky, unpleasant taste of Chavan Prash away, removing the sugar element as well and making it a more easier, accessible and convenient form to actually consume, right? Chavan Prash is actually really good for all of us. We should be having it daily. Why do we have the international multivitamins and centrums of the world when we can have our own homegrown Chavan Prash? So yeah, that was that was the first two products we launched. And then obviously we kept studying the market, understanding what is the gaps, what are the problems most Indians face. So diabetes is a huge issue. Arthritis is another one. Also, though... We weren't e-commerce, I would say, before Arjun and I started. Uh, Arjun's grandfather used to get, you know, posters, like postal letters, uh, ordering medicine. So he had a really, with India Post, he had a very full-fledged system, which was their version of e-commerce at that time. So we had a little bit of data, luckily, to tell us for product demand. So basis all of that, basis a lot of customer research, um, understanding. I mean, for example, I wish at that time I had 
a tool like seller app right to be able to tell me what are what are the products that are high in demand where are the gaps in the market what are the current trends i wish i had that right that would have made my life probably so much easier so we launched about 40 other products um you know post that one of our top products that we launched was herbo build and that honestly came from our customers insights right customers kept asking that you know we want a substitute or something equivalent maybe to a muscle protein but we don't have the supplement so we said okay muscle building is a huge issue people had certain you know um, apprehension about pro- whey protein etc having long term kidney damage all of that so we realized that there is a huge opportunity here and so we hearing customers feedback obviously with our doctors with our r&d team developed a product called herbo build which ended up being you know it's still a best seller on amazon for example um so a lot of customer feedback to be honest is also what helped us keep launching new products amazing i think the two things that uh, caught my attention was how you've named your products um that catches youth attention it's not your um you know like i have seen a lot of ayurveda products who are so hard to understand their name does not like tell you what the product is and i think you've done a great job uh, describing and labeling your product and the second best thing that i th- um think you did right was consumer insights because you really need to understand consumer and demand in order to produce something that they will buy and i mean kudos on that i think that's amazingly done so um moving on from um you know your demands and supply part of it you know um your what products you're selling so how when you invest or when you're looking for investors um you would really want to uh, make sure that your product moat is on point because uh Warren Buffett describes it if you do not have a product moat or if you do have a product moat that's what investors look for when they're planning to invest in your business so uh for our viewers right now can you tell me how you can set up your product moat or how do you describe your product moat So honestly it's not even about the investors I'll be honest right your product mode should be there regardless for you to stand out and for you to differentiate yourself in the space Definitely. right product mode could be in various forms so for us our product mode was our convenience factor right the fact that we had chavanprash in the form of a capsule we eventually had chavanprash in the form of toffees for children as well how do you make it convenient and easy to use our accessibility was our other product mode taking from arjun's grandfather's legacy we never charge for consultation so you could be sitting in jammu kashmir or in the northeast or in bombay and we would give you a free doctor consultation regardless if you bought our medicine or not right so we took the old principles that his grandfather followed and adapted them of course a little bit to the new age vibe but that's what we did we made it convenient for consumers to uh, actually learn about ayurveda purchase from us a product differentiation was convenience again so that was our product mode some other brands have product mode in terms of their branding as well right like how do they clearly explain to a consumer what they stand for so i think a product mode is literally like a differentiation that you can keep right you don't want right now in the whole d2c world which we live in you don't want to be a me too brand you want to stand yeah. out for something right you want to be able to have that differentiation you know what is a moat it's that water body surrounding you right so how do you actually create that for it become difficult for people to penetrate not saying that you'll be the only player when a country like india where it's okay to have multiple players there's more than enough pie to have multiple players in a category right uh, but yeah. what is that thing that makes you stand out or differentiates you and you have to be very honest with yourself it just shouldn't sound good like being clean herbal natural no 
that according to me is not necessary a moat right yeah. uh, convenience factor form ingredient quality all of the science backed all of these according to me are potential product moats which is very important but an entrepreneur needs to be honest to themselves no definitely and i we generally saw like you know after the whole covid pandemic thing happened supplements are a huge huge category now on amazon or any other retail platforms if you talk yeah. about it so you know when you have such a saturated niche standing out is very difficult and i think that's when your product moat comes into play and you have to make sure that especially your supplements are scientifically backed as well because now even amazon has made it very uh, mandatory for all the products to have certificates uh, mandatory certifications for yeah and you should obviously like if you your packaging has to be honest and i think dr vedya has done a great job again when it comes to uh, you know proving scientifically especially something like ayurveda so you know i've seen a lot of youngsters not believing in ayurveda and saying like you know it's not scientifically packed but it is like read the packaging it is so, so i'll tell you honestly right it, it's also because it takes time yeah you know the yeah. younger generation everyone wants instant results and instant gratification that's not really how ayurveda works right so i think that also takes time and yeah i mean obviously given the fact that we had 150 years of family legacy research going to formulations that was i think also one of our largest moats yeah so it comes with years and years of proven expertise i would say exactly. so so great amazing and uh, when it comes to efficiency because you have again more than a million customers worldwide so how do you prove efficiency in your workplace and how do you go about that <laughs> honestly we made a lot of mistakes here not going to lie about that i think at times what happens and it honestly happened to us as well is a you kind of see only the top line at times right revenue 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 growth 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 uh what is a startup right it's in a way exponential growth uh, but when that with that growth at times you get blinded by things like operation efficiency marketing efficiency etc so i mean we honestly did mess up a little in terms of operations we learned the hard way uh is what i'm going to say is the truth that we learned the hard way but i think being true setting up processes setting up sops and when you set it up not only for setting up 50 100 500 orders a day but being able to tweak it because when you hit scale the different challenges that come yeah. i think that is another huge area so you have to be operational efficient human resources efficient accounting wise financially efficient as well as marketing right each of them actually play a critical role so give an example right like i was seeing the let's give an example of marketing I was seeing the tool, uh, seller app tool recently, and I kind of wish I always had. I mean, I met Dilip one year ago, to be honest, and could use that tool because I was just seeing that at the end of the day on Amazon, I also have a certain budget, right? Okay, I may yeah. think that manually this is a budget that I find per campaign, but am I being the most efficient? I'm not sure. Why do I need? Why can't I rely on tools, right? So when I saw seller app tool, and it showed me certain ways in which you can actually become more efficient in your terms of marketing, in terms of where should your budget be focused on, where can you reduce budgets on a keyword level, on a campaign level, right? So you let the technology and tools make you more efficient, and then you add a layer of human element if you want, right, to uh, discuss that further. But I think that. efficiency across every department of a startup is equally important 
Definitely. And I think when a, a business is scaling, they want to rely more on, on automation processes because, of course, you have to look for automation tools. So um, I remember uh, in, in one meeting, like advertising automation is something that brands are looking for right now. And Seller App just provides you with that. And we also have rules in automation. So if you're looking to just scale your profits or if you're um, looking for other rules, we let you do that, um, you know, on our tool. It's really cool. So um, coming back to Dr. Vedya's and scaling your operations. So how do you, how did you scale your brand in such a niche category? Because of course, especially in Amazon, supplements has become a huge thing in the last year. So how did you scale your D2D, uh, D2C brand? And in Amazon or other online market retail places, yeah. Sure. So honestly, it took time. I think now when I look back, uh, when we were actually building it out, D2C was still a new word. People's acceptance of buying online was relatively new. Now when I look around it, you know, my own parents, for example, will buy on Amazon very easily. Right? That wasn't the case there. My mother-in-law uses GPay all the time, plays a breadwala by GPay. So times change. I think COVID actually pushed everyone to become a lot more independent, right? Um, so I think that it was tough in the beginning when we started. Uh, how did we scale? We chose it the other way around. We scaled honestly on our own website first and that had a great impact on an Amazon uh, and a Flipkart. And therefore, we then built on Amazon and Flipkart a, a lot later. Uh, but our focus was our own website first. We made sure that our offerings were very clear to the customer. We tapped into places where we saw that there was a high demand for Ayurveda and people wanted it. I think the likes of Patanjali uh, actually put Ayurveda back in the map, right? So people actually started learning more about it, curious about it. The government also set up a ministry of Ayush. So Ayurveda became more and more acceptable, right? And then I think when COVID hit, it became the most accepted thing in a way, right? So there was... It was easier for us, if I'm honest, because of that. But uh, it, it took us a lot of time and effort. We realized who our customer was a little, like when we hit about 50 orders a day on our website, we realized that, okay, fine. We've understood some things, right? A lot of customer insights, a lot of data crunching made us realize that, you know what? It's actually outside the metro cities where there's this high demand and less accessibility. So yes. let's reach out to them. So, you know, things like vernacular ads, a local language ads, tapping into uh, local influencers, not only your top-end influencers, say in Bombay City or Delhi, but actually tapping into local influencers as well, who people know, trust, and uh, Ayurveda lovers as well. Uh, being approachable. So we, you know, we, as I mentioned earlier also, right, we were giving anyone a consult who wanted a consult. Uh, so being approachable was definitely important. We used Facebook, Google, TikTok, as our main marketing channels and then of course Amazon's uh, we use AMS for advertising and you know building on that because Amazon as itself is a great marketing channel right people come on they intend to buy it so if you can actually crack that better in terms of understanding what people are searching for what are they giving and are you able to deliver that to them right Uh, that would be fantastic and that's where you see tremendous growth Amazing. And I really want to understand how your journey was from offline to online. Were you always offline or when did you try, like, you know, switch to online? Because I remember having this conversation before. I really want to understand that now. Honestly, offline was, Arjun tried, started offline in 2016. I hadn't even joined the company, to be honest. I joined in 2017. 
him you know he went out set up did like an event launch event uh, hired a sales team of 20 22 people were like wow came on again so many thousands of stores yada yada and very soon realized that that was the biggest mistake right yeah. having 22 sales team who just you know if trackability was an issue you're trying to sell a brand that's not even a brand as yet right because people didn't know about like, it just you know you you think that you're selling because people are keeping their product on the shelf but till it till the third customer actually comes and buys it it's not sale and it takes a lot of time effort and money and there's no return of sale as such right related to the amount of money you spend and it's a lot more patient game so very soon he actually realized that you know what i made a mistake i'm pl- pulling the plug on offline i rather do online where i have full control of the amount of money i spend who the customer is how i can grow in a little bit m- more strategic manner and once i've reached a little bit of scale revenue all of that then we can explore offline so honestly we learned the mistake of offline quite early on and uh, we realized online was a better bet for us to go definitely and i think offline is very expensive especially like i have seen a lot of stores shut down after covid hit because they had reduced uh, foot traffic so i think that was a really good decision made on in early stages of the process so amazing that was amazing and um moving on when a brand is scaling what major problems or um mistakes that you have seen sellers make in terms of ordering excess inventory i've seen a lot of sellers do that so how do you manage inventory um in terms of scaling a brand toughest ones the toughest part we were lucky that we had were we manufactured our own goods so we had a you know month on month we would look at the last three months trended out and kind of add uh, assume that a certain growth level would be hit we had a business plan that we kind of followed quite to the t um there were times for example that you know factory had to completely change production plan all of that the moment you raise a certain amount of capital you also have that working capital um safety net is what i want to say so you can keep storage of certain raw materials etc above hand i think you need to have a business plan right i think you need to have Definitely. a business plan yearly business plan i'm not telling you go and make a five year business plan right i'm just saying that at least make a yearly business plan and break it up into monthly right so you know a potential target that you're trying to hit and you keep a 10 15% buffer yes there are times where a product you think may sell well doesn't sell well okay how can i use it in terms of marketing can i give that to influencers can i do that as a special offer and say buy above 600 get this free product so these people try that product right what can you do with it because excess inventory is a big problem but don't order like get the proof of concept understand which product works well first for you and then gradually scale up and you know grow and yeah having if you contract manufacture you need to have really good relationships of course you need to understand timelines over there as well and you need to have a good robust system to see that okay fine you know this is the point if i hit under this amount i need to place an order because it takes me so much time yeah inventory forecasting is very important yeah because you know the worst thing is if a product is doing well and it's gaining momentum on digital and you just shut it down because you don't have inventory yeah that's a very bad situation to be in especially if you're selling on amazon and you are out of inventory you can lose your bsr rank cuz um amazon just stops pushing order um and stop showing a listing when there is no inventory so you could lose the organic ranking that you have gained by far so yes make sure i think access inventory is 
Yeah, we do have an inventory tracker and we also have listing hijackers. If you um, are interested in our services and do check out our free tools uh, to get you just started on SellerApp. Uh, moving on, I have one last question for you. And I think this is very important in terms of uh, branding yourself as a global brand. So I understand Dr. Vedya is worldwide. So how do you deal with uh, sending your products from India to, let's say, so many different countries that you have customers in? And does it get complicated? And how do you make it less complicated? Unfortunately, it does, uh, especially in the category that we were in. Uh, so we did many countries, we did export orders and contract manufacturing. But when we sold Dr. Vedias, we had only tapped into the US, to be honest. Uh, uh, Amazon as well was a platform we used. You have to follow the country's regulation, right? So hire people, is my view. Hire an expert, hire a consultant to help you because they have their own rules and regulations and I recommend following them, right? So we took our time. We took our time to understand that, okay, fine, which category do we fall under? Uh, we took our time to understand, recreate labels. So actually a product in America and the product in India looks very different because of different label regulations, okay. for example, right? Um, and that's something we learned through the process right eventually maybe can you kind of look at doing a blanket approval for all sure but every country has their own rules because unfortunately ayurveda is not as regularized so it depends on certain ingredients that are allowed or not allowed my view is go to experts right i'm sure seller app you guys would know a bunch of people who could help sellers out as well given that you have a lot of indian brands selling in the u.s as well so I think there are many agencies also that help you tap into experts. Don't waste your time and effort trying to learn and invent your, you know, invent a wheel that someone's already learned, made their mistakes and that. So, uh, yes, it takes time, but you also have many advantages, right? The spending power is higher. Your margins get higher. There's a huge demand right now. I'm sure you, you've seen the data on app, right? For, as you mentioned, OTC wellness products in general. And proudly take Indian products globally, you know. So all our products actually have uh, a line that says proudly Indian. So that even when it sells in the US, we are proud to say they are from India. So how do you deal with, um, let's say, inventory part of it? Do you, because you have custom orders, right? So um, you, I'm not sure if it's a good idea to keep a part of inventory in US because it can get expensive if the customer doesn't come back for their second a purchase. So how do you deal with no, that problem? We only kept uh, inventory for Amazon.com in the US. Got it. Okay. All so other custom orders anyway based on PO and prepayments and all of that. So only Amazon.com did we keep and we honestly initially sent out a small parcel because as you mentioned, right, uh, the holding costs and etc. are quite expensive. So we so sent only a certain number of SKUs, certain quantity to see which sells well and then you send it. See, the first time you send any shipment, it takes time. That should be a learning, write out an SOP of what did it take, how long did it take, all of that. So then you know how to plan next time next time around and send it. Yeah, I think A-B testing is something that you're supposed to do with all your SKUs to understand uh, which is going to sell well in different countries. So um, that's super important. So thank you so much for answering that question. So before we end this session, do you have anything else that you would like to tell our viewers right now? Honestly, building a brand is a lot of stress, but also a lot of fun. Uh, use as many tools, make learn from other people's mistakes in the ecosystem. Uh, spend time with Seller App as well. Honestly, I've been, I've, I'm now on the other side of things, right? Investing a little, and uh, I use Seller App 
to actually validate some of my thesis or investments as well so you know that i think everything doesn't have to be built internally i would actually say that where your last strong suit like focus on product quality all of those things but where you can for marketing and operations use outsourced service providers who have much more experience than you will go ahead and do it is yeah, my view and- especially if you're building a brand uh, which is in a niche category marketing is the way to go and of course move outside of um, amazon ppc because there's so many advertising opportunities that are outside lies outside amazon ppc and you should definitely look into that as well and of course if you always want data sellerapp is here for you we are we pride ourselves in um, our data because i think our data is one of the best in the market so of course if you want to validate your demands as well we can help you with that and thank you so much trisha for being here i think this is such amazing session i personally learned so much and i know now what goes behind the scenes of dr vedyas so this was super fun and thank you so much for being here thank you so much riya it was a lovely uh, time chatting with you you're a super host as well so thank you Yeah and for those of you watching right now if you like this video make sure to click that like button and click the bell icon next to the like button because you want to be reminded about every single time we go live or if we post a new video make sure to click the subscribe button to join our amazing Sellerapp community where we help each other grow on Amazon and more keep an eye out for Amazon Q4 Mastery 2.0 we are coming back with our next event which is which is going to happen in first week of August grab your seats there are limited number of seats and keep an eye out on all our social media platforms for more information and until the next time happy selling